This is Dr. Carissa Hines of Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Information without understanding is not very helpful. Talk with the doctor and feel like you're talking to a friend. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Hello out there. I hope you all are doing well this morning. You are listening live to your favorite health and wellness radio show, Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. I am your host, Dr. Carissa, and welcoming you back on another day uh, for more information and good health uh, talk. How about that? Hope you all are having a great, great day. I myself cannot complain, right? So here we are. It is Veterans Day today. So I want to give a shout out to all of our veterans. Um, Thank you so much for your service and dedication to protecting our freedoms and our nation. So I hope you all are having your veterans out there are having a great day. Hope you are taking advantage of uh, everybody sending you well wishes and Hopefully a meal or two or a drink or whatever it is that you uh, whatever it is that you partake in. Right. So as we always do, we start our show with our shout outs. Shout out to my number one fan. Hey, mom, hope you are having a terrific morning today. Shout out to family in Opelika, Alabama, Lusby, Maryland, Newport News, Virginia, Temecula, California, Cedar Bluff, Alabama, College Park, Georgia, Hobbs, New Mexico, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Oxford, North Carolina, Woodbridge, Virginia, Gadsden, Alabama, Hampton, Virginia, Columbus, Georgia, Memphis, Tennessee, Las Vegas, Nevada, Baltimore, Maryland, Belize City, Belize, Greenwood, Mississippi, Fayetteville, North Carolina, San Antonio, Texas, Phoenix, Arizona, Columbia, South Carolina, Centerville, Virginia, Washington, D.C., Seattle, Washington, Chesapeake, Virginia, Center, Alabama, Pensacola, Florida, Macon, Georgia, Ladson, South Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, Houston, Texas, Virginia Beach, Virginia, and my hometown, Norfolk, Virginia. Hope you all are doing well today. And as always, we are always looking for new listeners to add to our family. Please let me know where you are listening from, and I will shout your city out on the next show. You can listen to us live. We are broadcasting live today from our studio in Atlanta, WWE Real 1100 AM. You can also stream this show on www.real1100.com or you can watch us. We are live now on Facebook on the Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa Facebook page. You can catch us there. We are also a proud member of two networks, the Old Fashioned Health Network, as well as TuneIn Radio 22.3 Takeover Vegas Radio. You can find us on YouTube, Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. And uh, the last uh, video that we have there is uh, about doing a self-breast examination because, of course, last month was Breast Cancer Awareness Month. But we should be aware of breast cancer and how to do our self-exams every month of the year. So please check that out. And let's see what else, what else? We will have some new videos uploading. So over the Thanksgiving break, I'll be doing some recordings. And so we'll have those Uh, up for you to enjoy and share as well. Please follow us on social media. On Facebook, we are Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. On Instagram, at Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. And on Twitter, at Minutes Doctor. Because we now have, on Facebook, over a 1,000 followers. And I thank you all so much for your continued support. But please continue to share, tell your friends, tell your families, tell the people you like, tell the people you don't like about our show and that they should tune in and listen. 
So as you all are aware, your favorite health and wellness uh, radio show, that's this one, by the way, has been nominated for some awards, the third annual radio awards hosted by 22.3 Takeover Vegas Radio. So this show is nominated for favorite talk show, People's Choice Award, Radio Personality of the Year, The Lit Award, Best New Radio Personality, Team Spirit Award, Sexiest Radio Voice, Favorite Variety Show. But I need your help in order to win. You know, maybe we could have a sweep, right? That would be extra awesome. But if not a sweep, maybe just one, right? But I need your help. So text Carissa, C-A-R-I-S-A, to 702-872-1080. Zero. Voting will continue. Uh, the award ceremony is in March, and so voting will continue up until that time. You can vote every day, every hour, every minute, however you feel like supporting me. I most certainly do appreciate it. All righty, into our COVID update. So as you all know, um, last week, the FDA approved the use of the COVID vaccination in our littles, in our little ones, uh, age 5 to 11 years old. And so far, nearly a million children ages 5 to 11 have been vaccinated. So yay to the littlest of our, of our warriors against COVID that are rolling up their sleeves and showing their arms and getting, the, getting that shot to protect themselves to protect their friends and loved ones. I appreciate their courage. So, um, you know, of course, with the vaccination in general and and particularly when we talk about, um, you know, giving this to our children, there have been been some questions and some hesitation and some concern. And so I just want to take a quick minute to talk about a couple things that I have been uh, reading that people are concerned about. So the first thing is, should I vaccinate my children? And the short answer to that is yes, yes, you should. Um, but let's talk about why. So since this pandemic began, um, about 8,300 children have been sick enough to be hospitalized. And so, you know, of course, you know, a part of the narrative has been that children are less severely affected. And by and large, that is true. The numbers do bear that out. However, it does happen um, that some children are, are very severely ill enough that they need to be hospitalized. And of course, we've had almost 800 deaths uh, in children due to COVID. And so, you know, um, we were talking last week on, um, on the Old Fashioned Health uh, radio show about that. And, you know, the thing is, you just don't want to be in that number. You know, you just don't want to be one of the 800. Um, and so, you know, because I can't imagine, um, I can't imagine that, that something is happening with, with your baby and, and your baby isn't coming home with you um, for whatever reason. Now, of the children that are affected by COVID, about 5,200 children develop a syndrome called MIS dash C, that's M as in Mary, I as in Island, S as in Sam, dash C as in children, and that stands for multi-system inflammatory syndrome, and the C is for children. So MIS does happen in adults, and, and then there's a it manifests itself differently um, in children. This is a very, very serious consequence of COVID infection, can be life-threatening, does result in ICU hospitalization uh, in these children, and some children can actually die from that. And just as the as the name says, this is a multi-system inflammatory um, process, and so you can have uh, an inflammation happening in the brain, in the lungs, in the kidneys, in the heart, and all of this is happening all at once, which is what makes it so, so dangerous and so scary, um, because it's not just one organ system that is is being affected um, at a time. And so, you know, with this MIS, um, about 30% of the children who are affected with this have had no underlying conditions that would put them at risk. So, of course, you know, the risk factors for COVID uh, in children are the same pretty much as in adults when we talk about if you have any underlying conditions. So if you are um, immune compromised for whatever reason, if you have diabetes, obesity, uh, any lung issues, you know, a lot of children have asthma. And, and such and so they are at higher risk but 30% of the children with this MIS had none of that 
and still got and developed the MIS. And of course, you know, we don't know which children will develop MIS and which children will not. So, you know, the best thing is just to protect them just from, from the jump, right? And so, you know, the next question, uh, what about side effects of, of the vaccine? And of course, you know, I, I would be misleading you if I said that there are no side effects um, to any medicine. You know, every medicine has side effect. You know, there is there is nothing that is 100 uh, percent safe, but we do the best that we can. Um, and so, you know, the side effects, uh, it, particularly in the five to 11 age group or I'll say the five to 17 year age group are very, very rare. Um, there have been reports of a myocarditis, which is an inflammation of the heart muscle. Um, as a result of uh, the COVID vaccine, but that is also a symptom of COVID infection as well. Um, and while that is, you know, very scary to have the heart involved, um, but, um, you know, it is a self-limiting uh, self-limiting process. And so far, we have not recorded any deaths as a result of it, which is great, which is just a good thing. Um, and in the study group, there were zero occurrences of myocarditis, um, in the children who received the vaccine. There also has been some question about fertility and, you know, that the effects will, will be, you know, that's the concern because, you know, I guess if you're a parent, you want to be graduated to become a grandparent. Um, and so, of course, you know, you want to protect the children's uh, fertility. But so far, there have been no known effects on fertility in adults or in children. So, you know, I hope that that um, allays some of your, your fears and concerns um, about that. And so, you know, I encourage you all, you know, as, as you all know, my daughter Spencer has been vaccinated, but she's in that um, in in that uh, 12 to, to 17 age group. So she's been vaccinated for a while now. Um, and so, you know, I, I definitely encourage you all to vaccinate yourselves, vaccinate your children, um, you know, and let's just all try and protect ourselves and protect each other. Because of course, as you know, we're coming up on Thanksgiving and, and Christmas. And so we'll all be traveling uh, and we will all be seeing people who may be in a vulnerable population. So we need to do all that we can to protect ourselves and also to protect them, right? Because we don't want to lose any more people to this pandemic. We don't want any more affected and it is in our hands the power is in our hands to to do what we can to end this pandemic and protect ourselves this segment is brought to you by freeman moore medical consultants your expert disability consultants if you are a veteran and are interested in pursuing disability please use code dr carissa d-r-c-a-r-i-s-a for 75 dollars off your consultation service freeman moore medical service excuse me medical consultants can be reached at www.freemanmoremedical.com. You are listening live to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. I am your host, Dr. Carissa, and we'll be right back after a short break. Why choose Just for Pets Wellness Center? Compassionate pet care services featuring an experienced veterinary team to superior customer service in a caring and friendly environment. We offer individual attention and tailored treatment for each pet. Visit our website for more information at www.justthenumber4petsfl.vet or give us a call at 239-270-5721. This is fashion designer Edmund Newton. I'd like to tell you about Enmask.com. Enmask.com is my only source for non-surgical cloth masks. I've teamed up with Enmask.com to create and design a collection of limited edition masks. These masks are washable, reusable, breathable, and most importantly, fashionable. Shop online now at Enmask.com. That's E-N-M-A-S-K-S.com for quality masks made in America.
Welcome back. If you are just joining us, you are listening live to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. I am your host, uh, Dr. Carissa, and we are continuing our conversation this week about headaches. So we presented uh, part one last week where we talked about the different types of headache. Um, but of course, in the span of an hour, we ran out of time when we talked about, okay, if I have a headache, what do I do about it, right? So that's why I decided to to continue um, this segment and break it into two because headache is something that most of us have had at one point in time or another uh, and you know it's, it's very very prevalent so I wanted to make sure to take my time to um, to really work with this so let's recap where we left off from last week when we talked about headache so there are about 45 million complaints of headache every year uh, and about 8 million doctor visits uh, with the complaint of headache excuse me, and about 112 million sick days are taken um, because of headache. Now, just to recap again, the brain in and of itself does not feel pain. So headache usually results from the effects of the surrounding structures, Um, you know, so your skull and the linings and the the fluid that, that, um, that your brain sits in and and such things and the muscles um, that surround the skull and the neck. And overall, women are more affected by men with the exception of the cluster type headache, uh, which affects men more than women. And again, you know, and I can't emphasize this enough when we talk about the danger signs of headache, right? Um, Because, you know, as I said last week, if you're having persistent headache, you definitely should get that evaluated. Um, But if you're experiencing the following symptoms, you should go sooner than later. And by sooner, I mean immediately if you are experiencing this. So if you are experiencing a sudden intense onset of headache, we call that a thunderclap headache because it happens just out of the blue very very severe very very painful Um, you definitely want to come on into the emergency room Um, if you experience nausea and vomiting with your headache now if this is a new experience for you so you know of course if you have let's say you have an established migraine history and your migraine you get nausea and vomiting with that and that's your usual pattern Um, okay that's your usual pattern and, and you can address that in your usual ways but if you're having a new headache with nausea and vomiting that's a that's a red sign that means come on in and be seen uh, sooner than later if you are experiencing sensitivity to light and or sound now again with migraine you know they do uh, people that are migraine sufferers will tell you that they do experience that but if you're experiencing that for the first time want to get that evaluated if you're having headache upon waking like so when you wake up in the morning and sit up a headache hits you come on in if you're experiencing fever or stiff neck associated with your headache and by fever we mean a temperature of 100.4 that's 100.4 defines fever some people will say 100.1. So definitely if you're 100.1 or higher um, and having stiff neck and headache, you definitely want to come on in and get that evaluated. If you've had a rapid onset of headache, if you're having headache associated with a head injury. So now let's say you bump your head on the counter or, you know, on the, on the cabinet door, of course, that's going to hurt because you hit your head. Um, but if you have had a serious head injury, so for example, you're in a car accident and you've hurt your head, you definitely don't want to wait to get that evaluated. Um, or something has fallen on your head and, you know, you want to get that evaluated because it's always better to be safe than sorry. If you have any vision changes associated with your headache, so if your vision changes in any way, it be blurred vision or loss of vision or you know you can see well in one eye but not out of the other and you're having headache that's a danger sign if you have seizure associated with your headache if you have slurred speech or a facial droop associated with your headache 
or any weakness or paralysis. So all of those are danger signs of headache. And I'll put up an infographic of this um, for you to look at, um, you know, screenshot, share, whatever it is that you want to do. I just want to make sure that you all have the information and, and you know what you need to do if you're experiencing um, any of these of these symptoms. These symptoms require prompt attention, um, preferably in the emergency room. Um, so of course, you know, when we talk about headache and we consider, you know, well, what is the worst case scenario if I have a headache? Of course, the worst case scenario would be a stroke or a brain tumor right um, and that's why when you have those danger signs I'm urging you um, to come into the emergency room and to be evaluated because I will tell you I would rather tell you that this is just a headache and and allow you to go home than for you to be at home being dismissive of your symptoms and all the while you're having a stroke or you know you have a brain tumor or you have something that is more serious um, that will only get more serious if you delay um, your presentation to care. So what happens if you come, so let's say you come to me in the emergency room or to one of my, my ER colleagues um, and, and you complain of headache. Well, what's going to happen? What are we going to do for you? So there are three different categories of workup that you're going to get and, and definitely going to get two of the three. So here we go. You're going to get some blood work, right? So we're going to evaluate um, for an infectious cause. And we can do that in the blood work if we see your infection fighting cells are elevated or, or any changes um, in that. And then, you know, because of course, you know, maybe perhaps meningitis, um, sinus infection can cause that as well. Um, of course, meningitis being the more serious cause and you definitely want to treat that immediately. Um, or we can look for an electrolyte imbalance um, because we know that dehydration can cause headache as well. Um, so we wanna make sure that those things, that we eliminate those things as a possibility for headache. And if those things are, are there, that we address them, right? Because we want to make the headache go away. Now, of course, with headaches, sometimes there is no real cause, but we have to make sure that we eliminate all the things that could be causing it before we say, oh, you have a headache just because you have a headache or you have migraine or whatever. We want to make sure that the life-threatening things, the life-threatening reasons for having headache, that we address those things. Um, in terms of imaging, you will more than likely have a CT scan or a CAT scan of your brain. And what we're doing with that is looking at the, the actual structures um, of your brain. And with this, the CAT scan, we of course can see if there are um, infect, we can see infection, uh, we can see if there are strokes, and we can see if there are brain tumors um, that are there and that's what we use um, the MRI for, or even um, you know some bone fractures. So um, skull fractures, for example, um, we can see uh, with the CAT scan. Um, you may also have, you know, plus minus an MRI. Now, most facilities that you visit will have uh, CAT scan capability, but not every facility has MRI capability. So if you are um, uh, going to one of the smaller hospitals, um, they may or may not have MRI capability either at all or on certain days because there are mobile MRI units um, that come, um, you know, that go around from hospital to hospital and, and make their services available. Um, and there, there are special procedures that you may have. So for example, a lumbar puncture, also known as a spinal tap. And so that that's where a needle is inserted into the low back into the, the spinal canal where the spinal fluid is and a little bit of that fluid is taken out uh, and analyzed for infection and, and so on and so forth. Um, and with that, you know, we can look for inflammation in the meninges, which is the lining of the brain, uh, this little fine tissue that lines your brain. Um, we can see what the, the spinal fluid, the CSF or cerebral spinal fluid um, looks like if you have any, any abnormalities um, there as well. Um, and also under special procedures, uh, biopsy. 
Uh, so sometimes you may have headache that is um, an inflammation along an artery, for example, and, and that condition is called temporal arteritis. And so how we diagnose that, um, we may take a biopsy of that and look at your actual blood vessel and see what that looks like. Um, and then, of course, you know, come to that diagnosis and there's a, a specific treatment for that. So when we look at how we, um, well, before, before we get into how we treat this, um, you know, a lot of times people may ask, well, okay, if I have headache, what can I do at home for headache, right? So, you know, if this is a new headache, I recommend that you have, um, have some evaluation, particularly if it is persistent. Um, and, and I'm gonna, gonna come to that. Um, but you know, most of us, if you experience headache, you're gonna grab for something over the counter, your, your Tylenol or acetaminophen or your ibuprofen, um, your naproxen, those, those types of, of products that are readily available at your local pharmacy or grocery store. Um, and so, you know, that will be probably your first line, right? Um, and so if you're, if you're grabbing for those over-the-counter remedies, I'll give you a little tip. If you take one dose and your headache is not relieved and it's time for you to take your second dose, um, you might want to consider either coming into the emergency room or, you know, making an appointment with your doctor because your headache is not being relieved right? Um, because you don't want to just continue for days on end taking a medication that isn't working. And then that delay is delaying you from having a real evaluation and coming to a real conclusion as to why you are having headache. Is that, is that confusing? I hope that's not, I hope that's not really confusing, but basically, you know, if it's not working, don't keep doing it. Escalate and go to, you know, go and seek help, help with that. Right. If you have headache and you've had headache before, um, you want to avoid the triggers if you know what triggers your headache. So for example, um, you want to try and avoid stress or re remove yourself from stressful situations if that it is at all possible. Um, you know, as we said earlier, dehydration can be a cause of headache. So you wanna make sure that you stay well hydrated, um, right? And that becomes challenging um, in the winter and I say that because, um, you know, of course, when it's hot, everyone, you know, gets thirsty and, or whatever, and, and they think to drink. But no one thinks about maintaining the hydration um, as fervently during the winter as we do during the summer. Um, because we, I guess, associate drinking with, with being hot and you have to cool yourself. But during the winter, we're wearing more layers and we are indoors with the forced air. So when it's time to turn on the heat. Um, and so you can actually have fluid losses that you just don't realize um, and you'll need to replace those fluids back. So it is equally important to hydrate during the colder months, just as much as it is during the warmer months. Uh, we know that fatigue and sleep deprivation can cause headache. So you wanna make sure that you are resting well and getting enough rest, getting enough sleep, right? We wanna make sure that we do that. Um, foods, now, sometimes you can have a hunger headache, and so you kinda wanna do a little self-check if my head is hurting, have I eaten? And if you haven't, maybe you need to get a little, little nibble. And then also, too, some foods are triggers for headaches, so of course you want to avoid those things. Um, so, you know, those are our two big ways that you can help yourself at home um, with your headache. Of course, you can try self-massage, rubbing your temples, uh, you know, rubbing your neck, just giving, giving yourself a little massage or using a device if you have one at home, um, or even doing a warm compress because when we talk about tension headache, which is the most common form, usually that is, um, that arises from a muscle spasm, uh, particularly the muscles of the back of the head and, and the sides of the neck um, that will cause that headache. And so helping those muscles to relax may help your headache um, to go away. Also, um, you may try to um, humidify your air because of course, 
as we are indoors more so uh, during these colder months, um, you know, the air becomes dry and that can lead to the dehydration and, and all of that. So now once you have tried all of those things at home for, you know, a day or so, if it's not working, then, you know, do seek an evaluation. Most of the time it is not going to be anything serious, but you don't want to miss an opportunity for early intervention if there is something serious going on with you and causing your headache. So when we talk about how we treat, so you, you've tried what you've tried at home and now it's time to come to the doctor. And so depending upon where you are, you will get a workup. So if you come to the emergency room, you will more than likely get the workup that I described earlier, including blood work and imaging and perhaps even special procedure. Um, and you may even get that if you go to your primary care doctor um, or your primary provider, you know, get some blood work or so, so on and so forth. So now I'm going to say, if you come to your primary care provider with the complaint of headache and your doctor tells you that you need to go to the emergency room, don't give your primary care providers a hard time. They are trying, they are obviously concerned because they're sending you to the emergency room. So, you know, just go ahead and, and take that and uh, take that advice and, and scoot on over to your emergency room. So now, once we've done our diagnosis, uh, or excuse me, we've done our workup and we have a diagnosis of headache, how do we treat it? Well, that all depends on the type of headache that you have. So, you know, even though headache pain may feel the same to you, to us, it is not all the same. There is not a, a one size fits all, one pill fits all uh, when we come, uh, you know, when we talk about treating headache. And there are different modalities depending upon um, the kind of headache that you have. So, you know, there are two ways that we approach headache. Um, one is, you know, the prophylactic or preventative treatment. Um, and so that may be, you know, avoiding the triggers, for example, is a prophylactic measure. Uh, and then we have abortive agents, which are agents that are going to stop the pain. Um, and so that's usually when we talk about our medications and so on and so forth. So, Going with the most common type of headache first, uh, tension, um, we usually will treat that with over-the-counter pain relievers. That's what we'll recommend. Um, and of course, to avoid the triggers uh, for that type of headache. Now, I will give you some caution with that. Um, of course, if you are allergic to any of the components of your over-the-counter preparations, so if you are allergic to Tylenol, also known as acetaminophen, or to Motrin, also known as ibuprofen, or Aleve, also known as naproxen, then of course you want to avoid those things because an allergic reaction can be even more serious um, than the headache itself. So you don't wanna create a worse problem um, in trying to treat your initial problem. Of course, there are some conditions that you may have where these medications are not appropriate for you. Um, so, of course, if you have, for example, any stomach ulcer issues um, or, you know, kidney issues or liver issues, these medications may not be safe for you to take. So you do want to use your doctor's advice um, about taking these medications. Another caveat, and we talked about this when we talked about your medicine cabinet, um, that, you know, so many of these over-the-counter preparations have similar components in them, right? So you, for example, may find Tylenol or acetaminophen in a lot of different preparations. So it may be in sinus medication, and then, of course, there's the standalone medication um, that's there. And so if you're taking taking this medication for something and even some of your, um, your prescription opioid narcotics, um, may have Tylenol in them. Um, so you want to be careful and know what you're taking so that way you're not taking too much of something because that can be problematic and in, in some cases dangerous as well. So you just want to be careful and know, you know, know what you're taking of your prescriptions and particularly when you're mixing that over the counter. And I find that my colleagues in pharmacy are very, very helpful um, if you go up to the counter and say, I am taking this medication. Can I take this along with it? They're extremely helpful uh, and very, very knowledgeable uh, in those situations. So it doesn't hurt to ask. 
If you have migraine, for example, of course, your over-the-counter pain relievers may be your first line um, to try and make the headache go away. Um, but if that doesn't work, there are classes of medications that we use. Uh, the triptans, which are your 5-HT1 agonists, getting into a little pharmacology there. Um, and so these medications are commonly known as Imitrex, uh, Zomig uh, is one, Maxalt uh, is another one, if you all are familiar um, with these uh, brand names. We also sometimes use beta blockers. Now your beta blockers, we um, more commonly know them when we're talking about heart stuff and hypertension stuff. Um, that those are medications that were initially um, indicated for your cardiovascular diseases, but we have found over the years uh, that they can be helpful in some instances of treating migraines as well. So I like when, when one you have one medicine that can have a multi-purpose. Um, I think that's really, really neat um, with, with medical science and how, how those things are developed. Um, you also There's also a, a use in some situations of seizure medications uh, to treat migraine. Uh, so you know you may that may be, um, that may be appropriate as well. Um, when we talk about cluster, um, which is that special type, males are more affected than females. Um, of course, you want to avoid your triggers. Um, but with cluster, we can use oxygen when you come into the emergency room uh, to help with that. Of course, your triptans, um, which give you a, how those work, they give you a vasoconstrictive effect. So um, as your blood vessel dilates, it may increase pressure and that may lead to headache pain. And so if we can make the blood vessel smaller by constricting it or making it smaller, um, then that can um, relieve in some cases the headache pain. And that's in a nutshell how your triptans, your Zomig, your uh, Imitrex, that's in a nutshell how they work. Um, of course, it's way more complicated than that, and, and I, I don't know that I'm really even well-versed to explain all of that pharmacology, but in a nutshell, that's how that goes. Um, you have medications called ergotamines, um, which are helpful, uh, and of course, your opioid pain medications, so your Norco or hydrocodone, uh, your Percocet or oxycodone uh, products uh, can, can do that. Uh, you can use capsaicin. Um, which is more of a, a natural remedy, but one that does actually work. Um, lidocaine can be used uh, for cluster headaches. And of course, your, your NSAIDs and even steroids. You can also use um, in order to prevent the onset of headache, because the best headache is the one that you avoid having. Um, and so if you are uh, deemed to have more severe or persistent um, headaches, you know, then you may need to take something on a daily basis to prevent the headache from happening in the first place. Um, and of course, your triptans uh, are a part of that regimen, your calcium channel blocker. So again, borrowing from our cardiovascular uh, medication uh, toolbox there uh, for help with that. Uh, lithium, which is a, uh, a, psych, a psych drug. Uh, and again, your seizure medications and some antidepressants uh, can be useful in uh, helping us to treat cluster. Now, when we talk about um, allergy or sinus headache, um, allergy and sinus headache is the most commonly, the most common type of headache that is misdiagnosed. There we go. Uh, it is most commonly misdiagnosed as a migraine. Uh, and so of course, you know, there, there's a history that has to be done and an exam that has to be done. And of course, with allergy or sinus, you want to treat the cause, right? So um, usually with sinus headache may be referred, uh, excuse me, maybe uh, as a result of sinus infection. So a lot of the times in the emergency room, uh, when I diagnose sinusitis or sinus infection, uh, people come to me and they say, I've had this headache and I've been taking Tylenol and Motrin and doing all of these things and it isn't helping. And the reason that those things aren't helping is because you needed an antibiotic to take care of the root cause for this particular type of headache. And so the combination of the antibiotics with your over-the-counter uh, medications as appropriate uh, does tend to work very well at relieving this type of headache. 
And of course, you have allergy and sinus preparations that are available over the counter. But again, I have to give you a little caveat there. Um, so people with hypertension or high blood pressure need to be very, very careful with the type of sinus medication over the counter that they use. Because uh, with sinus medications, some of them have a decongestant there and that decongestant can cause an elevation in your blood pressure and when the blood pressure elevates sometimes it elevates so severely that you end up in the hospital or that you end up even having a stroke and I've seen um, blood pressures go that high as a result of taking this medication so there again um, you know consultation with your pharmacist um, you know I have high blood pressure can I take this medication for my sinus slash allergy simple as that you're going to get a yes no and uh, you're going to get a recommendation for an over-the-counter product or a recommendation to see your doctor um, because you don't want to mix certain medications with certain prescription medications so that's how our pharmacy colleagues and I, um, you know, that's how we work together. Um, so of course, you know, the, the do it yourself, something go wrong. Uh, hormonal, which is associated with the menstrual cycle. And again, your over the counter medications and your triptans uh, can be very, very helpful as well as your hormone preparations. So usually because this is usually um, associated with the uh, sometimes controlling the menstrual cycle um, is helpful at controlling this type of hormone, or excuse me, of this type of headache. Your caffeine headache. So this one is kind of a catch-22 because you can have a caffeine headache from ingesting too much caffeine. So for those of you who just sit and drink pots and pots and pots of coffee all day long, you can have, you can develop a caffeine headache, but you also can develop a caffeine headache from going cold turkey with the caffeine. So I'll, I'll share a, a quick story. So um, for Lent one year, I decided that I was gonna give up caffeine, that I was gonna give up coffee, caffeine and coffee, yeah. So I just stopped cold turkey. And you know, I'm not a heavy, heavy, a coffee drinker I usually have my one or two cups in the morning and that's it for me um, and I just decided to go cold turkey and I had the worst headache the worst headache and that headache that withdrawal headache lasted for a few weeks for me and yes I did uh, get myself checked out because I just wanted to make sure that nothing was going on um, and I decided that of all the things that I will give up, mm, that will not be one of them um, because that was that was very, very painful. But for those of you who want to give up caffeine, that's fine, or cut back, you want to do this in, in moderation. You don't want to go cold turkey. Um, and so you just want to monitor and modify your caffeine intake. And again, this comes with a little self-awareness where you have to uh, be mindful of all of the things that have caffeine in them. So it's not just coffee. Um, you know, your teas will have, some of your teas will have uh, caffeine in them. And of course, your soft drinks um, and some of your energy drinks uh, may even have caffeine uh, in them as well. So, you know, caffeine is kind of sneaking in in ways that you may not be aware. Uh, there is a type of headache called an exertional headache um, and that happens it's a rapid onset headache so there's a danger sign that we talked about right um, that happens after periods of intense exercise um, this one usually resolves itself or um, you it resolves it you can resolve it using the over-the-counter medication um, but because this is one of our danger signs you have to pay attention so if you um, you know, have gone some time after the exercise and the headache is persisting or you've tried your over-the-counter medication and the headache is persisting, guess where you need to be? Come see us in the emergency room just so that we can get you checked out and make sure that everything is okay. And of course, when we talk about communicating with your doctor, all of these different types of headache, you've noticed that they're like very, very little small things that distinguish one from the other, right? So, you know, 
associated with the menstrual cycle you may not have put that connection together uh, or that your caffeine intake or if I'm eating chocolate or if I'm not getting enough sleep or if I'm exerting myself too much these are all little clues that when you're communicating with your doctor it's important to share so that way we can know you know it kind you kind of give us a road map uh, to follow when you tell us all of your symptoms right even if they're little small things that you think may not matter, the, that little bit of information may be the key to unlock what's going on with you. Uh, your hypertensive headache. This is one that I see very often in the emergency room as well uh, and is associated with a very, very high blood pressure. And also you can see it with a sudden decrease. So for example, if you come in and you have high blood pressure and I give you a medication and your blood pressure drops too quickly, um, you know, you can have that type of headache as well, at which case you're going to spend a little more time in the emergency room with me until we level you back out and see how this headache goes. But again, a, a headache associated with a high blood pressure is one of our danger signs, right? Which you should seek immediate medical attention because um, we will need to, number one, make sure that you're not having a stroke with very, very high levels of blood pressure. But number two, we need to get your blood pressure down. Um, sometimes this is how people find out that they have high blood pressure. They have a headache and the headache doesn't go away when they're taking, uh, you know, your Tylenol, your Motrin's and all of that. And so they come into the emergency room and their blood pressure sky high. They did not know they had high blood pressure. Therefore, they weren't taking medication. And this is how they find out. So that's why it is so, so important that if you are still having headache, if it's persisting, you definitely want to seek some medical attention somewhere. Um, because, as we all know, undiagnosed high blood pressure and persistent high blood pressure can have very, very very devastating effects on your health and on your life. So, you know, sometimes these little things, um, little headache, little pain here, little pain there, are our are, are body's way of telling us, hey, something is wrong here and we need to get to, to someone who can help us uh, fix it. And our last two types, uh, rebound headache, which results from medication overuse. So, you know, so some people will just pop a Tylenol or, or a Motrin for just any reason and every reason, and they're taking probably way more than they should, um, that you can have a headache from overuse of pain medication, which, you know, that's kind of, it almost sounds like an oxymoron, but, you know, it's a thing. So you want to wean the use of your pain medication um, with that. Now, the last headache that we're going to talk about before we wrap up for the day is your post-traumatic headache. So usually after a head injury, and particularly um, a head injury that is of, of significance. So, you know, like I said, if you bump your head on, on the cabinet door, yeah, that's going to hurt because you hit your head. Um, whereas if you are in a car accident and maybe you bump your head or you have a significant fall and bump your head, um, you know, those those types of falls and the head injuries that result may be a little more uh, significant. So this is a thing called post-concussion syndrome. And sometimes you can have headache that may last weeks or even months after your initial injury um, as, as a result of that and this can become a, a chronic headache condition for you. But again, as I have said before, if your headache is persisting, well, if you've had a head injury of any type, you definitely need to, to be evaluated to establish that baseline. Um, and then of course, if the headache is, is persistent, then you, want to, um, then you want to get that evaluated as well. So that is it for headache. I hope you all have, have enjoyed that, and I hope that has been helpful. Now, ordinarily, I would take a commercial break, but seeing as how I am running out of time, I'm going to go right into my vitamin C. So our vitamin C today is on lip service, right? So how many times do we say what we really don't mean? Now, I'm not talking about, um, you know, just speaking out of anger, right? And then you have to kind of take back some words. I'm talking about when we say things like, I'm sorry, and you're saying it because that is the well-mannered thing to do, but you're not really sorry, 
right? Um, or seeing as how today is Veterans Day, we're going to hear this and see this a lot. Thank you for your service. Hmm. Now, I'm not saying that we should not say that because, of course, we should be grateful to our veterans uh, who have served and as well as our, in, our currently enlisted um, military members because they are doing a job that many of us um, are not interested in doing. And so we should be thankful for, for them. Um, but we should really mean that when we say it and, and give our support to our veterans um, through your local efforts of supporting veterans organizations uh, as well as in legislature. Right. Because I just think that and this is my own personal opinion, but this is my show. So I'm giving it. I just don't think that people that serve our country should end up being homeless or hungry or any of that. I think that they have earned the right to be taken care of by all of us collectively because they have taken care of us. That's just my personal two cents. So all of the support services that they need, be it at the VA or the private sector or whatever it is, they have well earned it and, and deserve it and should get it. And we should put some meaning behind thank you for your service by supporting those initiatives and demanding of our elected, elected officials that they support those initiatives with more than just words. So I'm going to leave you today with the words of President John F. Kennedy. And I quote, As we express our gratitude, we must never forget that the highest appreciation is not to utter words, but to live by them. So again, to all of our veterans of the armed forces of this nation, I truly am grateful to you and for you. Thank you so much for joining me today on my favorite hour of the week. I hope you all have enjoyed it. And until we meet again, hopefully next week, be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. Take care. This is Dr. Carissa. Thanks for joining me this week on Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Join me next week for more comfortable yet in-depth conversation. Have a great week. Music.